1: Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler.
2: Welcome to Leadership Development News. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler. My esteemed co-host, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, is with us on the show, and we'll bring her on just in a moment. And between Kathy and I, we have helped thousands of executives to perform in the top 10%. You know, and Kathy and I are your uh, leadership coaches. And we always try to bring you interesting people on these shows, uh, interesting for Kathy and I, new information. And today we have Rainey Petrin. We're going to be talking about mentoring. Many organizations um, have mentoring, and, and Rainey is a expert who can really tell us about how to bring about the mentoring in your organization. Let me tell you a little bit about uh, Rainey, and then I'll tell you a little bit about Kathy, and we'll jump right into it. Rainey is the author of a book called Mentoring, A Business Strategy That Works. It's available on Amazon, also um, barnesandnoble.com. So he spent numerous years in human resources, and discovering that most companies weren't doing an adequate job developing their number one asset, which, of course, are their employees. Randy Petron had the mission to create an organization devoted solely to teaching businesses how to mentor talent. So today, he is a leader in the mentoring field to learn uh, how he's developed unique mentoring tools that emphasize the importance of interpersonal dynamics while creating standards of excellence a high level of integrity and keeping the promise of mentoring so those are the things that we're going to be zeroing in uh, with Rainey about and let me introduce uh, Dr. Kathy Greenberg many of you all know her from our shows this is our, our fourth season we've actually um, got um, stats that probably about 25,000 folks you know a month are downloading these at one time or another and so we hope that you really enjoy this and I know you're going to enjoy Kathy because Kathy is a uh, leading executive coach. She has authored multiple books on the science of happiness, including What Happy Companies Know, her latest number one bestseller, What Happy Working Mothers Know. She also touches millions of lives as a speaker, TV, radio, and media personality. And she's the founder of the renowned executive consultancy, H2C, that stands for happy companies and healthy people. She currently offers friendly tips and tools to be your best at work and at home and on ABC's show, The Morning Blend, and she has a new web TV show, Your Happiness Now. You can visit Kathy at h2cleadership.com for free downloads and access to her true talents for happiness and job satisfaction, and Kathy and I both share uh, Excel Institute, and we'll tell you a little bit about that and where she and I bring both our expertise. To that Kathy, welcome.
3: Thanks, Rally. I'm really looking forward to today's show because uh, I'm not sure if you remember, but the International Coach Federation has been talking about the importance of mentoring. And you know, Google did a study recently on what people really want from managers, and they said the number one thing they wanted was a coaching style and a mentoring uh, opportunity. And so this is going to be some really great information today, so I'm really excited to to bring Rainey on. Uh, but before we do that, I want to make sure that our audience also, uh, you know, if there are first-time people, we do get as many as 3 million unique listeners uh, in every show. So let's uh, make sure everybody knows who you are, Riley, really, and one of my favorite people. I love to brag. Relly Nadler is a master level certified executive coach. He is a psychologist, a corporate leadership, and team trainer. And, uh, you know, Relly brings his legendary expertise in the area of emotional intelligence to all of his keynotes, consulting, coaching, and development programs. And Dr. Nadler's newest top-ranked book, Leading with emotional intelligence provides hundreds of tools and strategies to develop star performers across industries, including yours. You know, his highly respected work is the focus of countless business journals, blogs, and online news features, and his programs are a mainstay at leading Fortune 500 companies. You can visit him at truenorthleadership.com for more free downloads to access your best performance through emotional intelligence, and you'll also find that Relly has a brand new component to his site called EI Central. That's Emotional Intelligence Central, and you'll be able to get access to that through TrueNorthLeadership.com and also our combined expertise at ExcelInstitute.com. So go look there. You're going to find some great, really great tips and freebies. So you know, Relly, before we get started with the show, I, I like to remind everybody. Why the heck you and I have been doing a show for four years on leadership development and why leadership development news is so important now more than ever before.
2: Well, thanks, Kathy. I think the reason that we're doing it is that we have so much fun uh, doing these shows. And so we kind of entertain each other and our guests and hopefully our uh, audience also. So the reason that we talk about leadership on leadership development news is Forty percent of organizations today say they're experiencing a significant gap in the number of skilled and trained leaders available for new jobs. That's why I didn't talk with Rainey. One one, uh, option is going to be mentoring and how do you bring up the skills in some of these new leaders. And we also know that there's this brain drain in organizations. And there's a couple reasons, Kathy, I'll I'll let you know. Um, One is... In the Great Recession, we lost 8 million jobs. So we lost all those brains. Number two, we have a lot of baby boomers who are retiring. Folks between 55 and 65 are leaving. It's going to leave us a shortfall of about 10 million workers, <clears throat> you know, over the next couple years. And number three, the Gen X and Gen Y folks in the, in the, uh, early and late 20s and 30s and the 40s are entering these roles and they actually have less emotional intelligence Just for every hour in front of a screen, that's less than an hour in front of a person. And so less time to practice some of these skills that we talk about. And so, Kathy, maybe you can tell us a little bit about um, the other aspect that we like in bringing in positive psychology and happiness is this whole idea of a set point.
3: Sure. You know, um, there's a great article, by the way, uh, on the cover of Fast Company for February and it's all about the secrets of generation flux generation flux generation flux f l u x Uh and uh... it, it fits in nicely with this whole concept that we're talking about now about emotional intelligence and positive psychology because it's interesting that while many of our gen x and y um i'll say colleagues uh... have a lower ei we know that emotional intelligence does grow with age and uh, that as they get into the workforce and they start to really adapt and succeed using such things as positive psychology and emotional intelligence, uh, that modern businesses will grow better. And the reason is because we know that performance and job satisfaction are closely tied to happiness factors by more than 93%. And, um you know, some of our leaders are, are in for some big surprises because, number one, young people, this generation X and Y, they want a fuller, more balanced, happier lifestyle. They're not willing to work the same hours as their predecessors, like the boomers, and they are much more, uh, I should say, tied into the information they need to understand how the brain drain that you just described works, and they're all about becoming more emotionally intelligent at work. So I can't imagine how um, some of this exciting work we're going to talk about today uh, with Rainey on on mentoring, you know, it, it could just knock the ball right out of the park. So I'm really excited about this whole conversation that we're having. But if you could, before we get into the conversation here, Riley, just... Um, how about a few statistics on what we know about leadership development
2: so we'll just give you a couple stats and this is where both Kathy and I are very much into evidence-based uh... leadership evidence-based practices and one of the things that we know about leaders is that they have an incredible amount of influence over their team some of the research shows they have anywhere from fifty to seventy percent influence over the climate of the team you know are expectations clear people know what they need to do is there a sense of collegiality are people empowered those are all kind of key climate factors and that the person who has the most influence is the leader we like to call them the emotional thermostat for the team and another key factor that we try to do here in leadership development is how do you get one or two key things that you or your team could do differently to move you and or your team members into the top 10%. When someone's in the top 10%, they're about twice as valuable to the bottom line as someone in the 89th percentile and below. So a lot of this is what are the few things that you could do to move you or yourself into that top 10%? And also today we know um uh, many leaders um don't know how they're doing, you know, and that basically only about 21% of people know how well they're doing on the job. One out of five. That means four out of five they think they're doing okay, but they don't really know for sure. So the things that we're going to talk about that we're here from Rainey around mentoring is another means for people to know how well to do how they're doing on the job and, and how to do it well.
3: Well, one of the things I want to make sure that everybody understands uh, doing something well is uh, not only uh, about understanding yourself but understanding those things that you can do differently with just a few simple tools. So we're going to come right back after this break, and we'll pick up on this conversation, so don't go away. And thank you for tuning in to tune up your leadership here on Leadership Development News.
0: Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the happiness equals profits business formula. practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com.
1: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
2: I'm Dr. Rowley Nadler. We have Dr. Kathy Greenberg uh, on the show, and we're interviewing. We're about ready to interview Rainy uh, Petrin, who's the president and founder of Management Mentors. And before I do that, if you haven't gone to the website that Kathy and I share, Excel, and that's xcelinstitute.com, there's many time-saving and cost-conscious uh, ideas and workshops and webinars, and just to kind of keep current with what Kathy and I are, are bringing you. So you can access your best leadership. So, Kathy, maybe you can tell us a little bit more um, about Rainey here.
3: Oh, gosh, it would be an honor and a privilege. And, yeah, we met at a very timely opportunity um, in the not-too-distant past. Yeah, I was doing some research for a major global Fortune 500 company who was trying to start a women's mentoring network. And uh, I reached out, uh, and and Rainey was right there. He uh, was the first one to come back to me with uh, some Research that had real results in it, based on his work at Management Mentors, and then he turned me on to his book, "Mentoring: A Business Strategy That Works," and um, and I was really hooked. Great information, great resource, and it's just an honor and privilege to have uh, Rainey on the show today. So let me, with further ado, uh, without further ado, bring on our guest and and tell you a little bit about him. Here, I think you did a great job, Relly, of kind of setting up the idea that his mission was to create an organization devoted solely to teaching businesses how to mentor talent. Now a lot of businesses try this on their own and they put people together they're kind of doing it willy-nilly and they're trying to figure out, you know, who to put together. But what I think you're going to find in today's show about mentoring is that it really is a strategy that works if you do it the right way. So let's talk a little bit about Rainey and, and why he did this. Well, you know, his entrepreneurial spirit combined with his keen insight into human behavior led Rainey to found the Management Mentors organization in 18, excuse me, 1989, I'm horribly dyslexic, so for those of you who know that, forgive me. But in, in 1989 he founded management mentors and the philosophy really was simple. It was to show companies how structured mentoring programs are the most powerful and the most effective strategy for professional development within an organization. You know, with more than 12 years of experience as a vice president of human resources in both health care, well, you know, healthcare care and, and, and I want to say sales, a lot of people um, wouldn't see some of the similarities in um, health care and sales. And human resources, obviously, is the glue, because you have human resources in every organization across every industry. It's just a natural part of how we grow corporations. Well, Rainey has experience managing all areas of human resources, okay? And so it's really across industries that he's learned how to do this. But he always maintained a special interest in how employees develop. And through his concentration in this field, he began to realize the power of mentoring in organizations, and how it increased, and then it increased his focus on the area as well. And so it was almost like it was a philosophy that was self-feeding and self-propagating. And so Rainey's educational background is also equally impressive. He earned a master's degree In consulting and counseling psychology from Harvard University and a bachelor's degree in health administration and planning from the University of New Hampshire. He holds many, uh, I want to say, um, powerful organizational uh, titles and certifications and, um, today, uh, Rainey strives to be a leader in the mentoring field and I, I guess we can say as of today, we believe he is as well by having him on the show as one of our top consultants that we'd like to feature to help you. And, uh, you know, to that end, as we said, he really tries to deliver on the uh, promise of excellence that mentoring can provide to help maintain an organization's uh, retention, talent, and certainly its emotional intelligence and the integrity of the promise of mentoring. So after today, you can also learn more about Rainey's organization, at www.management-mentors.com, and he has several other websites, but that's his main website for resources and consulting services, and without further ado, Renee, Rainey, how how else have people called you? What was the other... We said... Rainy
5: Renee, what Rainy al- Renee, any of those are fine with and me. Then, thank, <laughs> thank you so
3: Raleigh much, Kathy. that's all right. People spell my name Kathy with a C, a K. There you go. It, there you go. But you thank like
5: me. Thank you so much for having me.
3: No, no worries. We just want to make sure that when people do address you, that we that you they understand that you're going to accept anything. But it is Rainy.
2: So Rainy, one of the things we we always start off with is just the, uh, a little quick um, background. You know, who's been some of your key influences? Because we always talk about leaders here. Who's been some of the folks that have been leaders in your life?
5: You know, it's it's an interesting question because when I stop and think about it, I think I've been most influenced by two main psychologists, uh, Carl Jung and Carl Rogers. Mm. And I think what I gained from that was the focus on the individual and the, the way people develop and what influences them. And that really allowed me to be able to bring that idea or those ideas to mentoring. In terms of of, uh, of influence, I think that I, had, I was lucky enough to have several very, very important mentors in my life. In fact, one of them that actually introduced me to the human resource field, where I made my career for a long time. So uh, I've also had the benefit of being mentored, and I've also enjoyed the experience of mentoring.
3: Well, you know, one of the things that I know people are interested in hearing about, if they are not themselves uh, well-read, in the area of mentoring and coaching, is how do you define mentoring? And was this, in fact, one of the many motivations behind writing your book?
5: Well, mentoring is a term that everybody understands, but they don't understand in the same way. And so my idea of mentoring, when I, when I speak to people, is the following. I see mentoring as a transformational relationship, whereby a mentor facilitates the professional and personal development of a mentor. And the key word there is facilitates. So what mentors do is they assist someone on the journey to development. They don't do it to them. They don't do it for them. They do it with them. And that, to me, is really the the kernel of mentoring, which is why a lot of people want to have a mentoring relationship, because it's transformational. And so maybe say a little bit more than transformational, because that's a – I mean, I
2: have my definition for that, but that's pretty powerful. So how how would you – when people say, well, what do you mean transformational? How would you describe that?
5: Well – for me, what it means is mentoring is about establishing this relationship. So it's all about the relationship. By being able, to, as a mentoree, to feel, uh, comfortable with my mentor, and also to feel there's a trust there. Whereby I'm going to share with my mentor things I wouldn't share with my boss, for example, mm-hmm. uh, someone who has control over my career. I'm going to share this, however, with my mentor, who basically is there to assist me. So by doing, by establishing this close relationship, What happens is that with the trust, I can then develop in ways that I might not otherwise. So I can take some risks with my mentor because they create a safe learning environment. I can share issues such as, like, I don't have the self-confidence that people think I might have, for example. Uh So it goes to a deeper level rather than just simply acquiring skills and knowledge. That, I think, is what makes the difference between coaching and mentoring.
3: Very good. And, you know, one of the things that
5: uh, I wanted to ask you, um, although uh,
3: you you should feel free uh, if you're not ready to answer this question, but, you know, in, co- in the coaching world where Raleigh and I live, you uh, now see professional certifications required to do professional coaching, whether it's life coaching or executive coaching, which is what we do. Mm-hmm. Do you see a, a certification process coming for mentoring, or is this something more that's a, an informal
5: process? Well, I certainly think that mentoring... I need to have some kind of uh, quality control. And I don't know if I call it certification, but that's really a good word to use. I think what's important is people should be trained in how to mentor. Uh, now, some people can do it naturally, and in an informal relationship, that's what happens. But when companies are putting in a mentoring program, a formal professional program, one of the dangers is that they'll put people together, as you mentioned earlier, and won't provide any training whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And so those two people are floundering to trying to figure out what they're supposed to do. So that I think there should be some standard. Uh, I am com, which is a, which is a place where there are some e-learning courses to be certified, but it's not a global movement at this point. Um, mentoring is still, um, done by a few people as opposed to coaching, which is done by a lot of people.
3: Excellent. Thank you for that.
5: And so I know you have a lot of
2: resources and we want to be able to um, promote those. And so Mentoring University, and that, is that it? Mentoringuniversity.com? Yep. what kind of resources does that have? Because I agree, Kathy and I are in organizations every day, and and a lot of times I've seen uh, them set up mentoring relationships, and they've just kind of uh, petered out because they don't have the structure. So a mentoring university, what kind of resources and things
5: are there? Well, it's the training arm of my company, Manager Mentors, and what it is basically right now we're building e-learning courses in the mentoring field. So we have two at the present time. One is uh, how to create a successful mentoring relationship, which would be for both mentors and mentees to take online so they understand how to build a successful relationship. Then the other one is a certification process for internal mentoring program managers, those people in an organization that actually create and implement a formal mentoring program.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: We, we're we going to be adding some more courses in the course of uh, the next few months or so. How new are those? That's great. Uh, both of those are probably a couple years old. Uh-huh.
3: Excellent. So um, let me ask you, we hear the term informal and formal mentoring all the time. Um, what, what, what is it in your mind that distinguishes this practice, and how can someone
5: understand further? Yeah, those are, those are really uh, good points. Informal mentoring really is, is based upon what I call chemistry. Uh, it probably happens, if you had mentors, it probably happens the same way it happened to me. I met this person at work. We developed kind of a closeness just in terms of talking. We seemed to have common interests. And then over the course of time, I discovered that they were actually mentoring me, that, as I said before, without that mentor, I wouldn't have gotten into my career due to resources. So if we didn't have that personal connection chemistry, we wouldn't have gone that far. Now, an informal mentoring relationship doesn't have ground rules per se. We didn't sit down and talk about goals specifically. We just simply work together in the sense of my mentor giving me some advice and some guidance along the way. Formal mentoring is very different. It's really based on what I call compatibility, which is an organization will develop a questionnaire which will deal with some of the personality characteristics as well as some of the talent, skills and acquisitions, excuse me, skills and, uh, and knowledge that a mentor might have and a mentor wants. And using an algorithm, they'll then put people together. And assuming goodwill on both parts, these people work together formally for a specific period of time, with specific ground rules, and specific focus. Now, given that, there's a range there between people who really establish a mentoring relationship in a formal way, and those that simply end up with kind of a coaching relationship instead of mentoring, because the chemistry wasn't really there. Well, so it's the, really point so that is, chemistry way. really drives yeah. the formal relationship. Compatibility drives the formal one.
2: Uh-huh. Okay.
5: So it's really that kind of that structure that we want to
2: uh, get into. And so you did say this, you uh, know, a little earlier, but given, you know, but both Kathy and I are coaches, you know, how would you, how do you define the difference of that? Because sometimes those two words are used interchangeably.
5: Absolutely. Yeah. I may get in trouble at this point, but that's okay. Okay. right. Um, I define coaching because so that's one of the things I do when I come into an organization It's train their mentors and mentees to define the differences so they have the right relationship. Uh-huh. The way I see it is coaching is focused on knowledge acquisition, skill acquisition. The relationship is less important than whether the person acquires the skill set that the coach is responsible for providing. In mentoring it's again about the relationship. If I build that relationship, transformation will occur. Hmm.
3: Well, we'll come back to this discussion after a minute or two, so don't go away. Thank you for tuning in to Tune Up Your Leadership right here at Leadership Development News.
1: From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network.
0: And internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the happiness equals profits business formula. practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com.
1: From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Welcome
2: back to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. We're talking with Rainey Petrin, who can help you around mentoring to bring more top performers to your organization. A couple of his websites are uh, management-mentors.com, and then we're also talking about a lot of resources on mentoringuniversity.com. And so before the break, uh, we were talking about the difference of mentoring and coaching, and I think uh, uh, we didn't... Allow enough time, because I think there's a, we want to really understand the kind of the distinction, because I think both Kath and I see, I'm sure you see, we sometimes people use those interchangeably. So I know one thing you mentioned was about the relationship, uh, Rainy. Maybe say a little bit more about the differences.
5: Yeah. And, and there is an overlap, but I think what I do is, uh, because there's so much, uh, confusion about those two terms, I try to make a, a starker distinction that may really be there. But, some of the other differences are based upon the way the program has to work. For example, in mentoring, the manager is never the mentor in a formal program, uh, whereas in coaching, the manager could be a coach. Right. Um, in mentoring, the mentor and the mentee's manager never speak about that relationship. It's considered a confidential relationship, whereas in coaching, obviously a coach will report to the manager any progress with regard to whatever is being coached on. So that the mentor has absolutely no input into that person's mobility within the organization because we don't want to create a, a conflict between the mentee's manager and the mentee and the organization.
2: Are they, are they often in, in the same department or is it sometimes better just having someone else in the organization who's more knowledgeable about the organizational awareness or...
5: They are usually from a separate department, separate division. Mentoring is a great way to kind of break down the silo mentality because you have people cross-pollinating each other. Uh-huh. So the key is as long as the mentor is not in direct same supervisory line, and there's some other consideration, but that's the main one, and then anybody else can be that person's mentor, but not within that same supervisory line for the reasons I just outlined. Yeah. So you see, coaching is really performance-based, and whereas I think mentoring is more developmental-based. Mm-hmm. And they're similar, but they're not the same. Does that make sense?
3: Yes, that makes perfect sense.
5: Yeah. That's, I mean, I, I have been, <laughs> I at one point I remember with I mean, a client that said, that had the exact, that exact same structure. The mentor was the mentee's boss's boss. Uh-huh. Now, what's the most important thing people talk about in mentoring? Their boss. It's <laughs> uh-huh. the most important relationship they have. So you can just imagine dynamics. My employee is going to my boss to talk about our relationship, and I don't know what's going on.
3: Right,
5: it's a recipe for disaster.
2: So that so that is one of the ma- one of the main topics in, in from the emotional intelligence world. We kind of talk about organizational awareness. You know, how do you get ahead in the organization? You know, who do you befriend? How do you, you know, how do you really bring about change? So that that sounds like a, a big topic in mentoring.
5: It is, and, and see, one of the other things is mentees tend to look at mentoring initially as. Uh, Situation where my mentors are going to get me where I need to go, going to help me with my promotion and so forth and so on. And that's really not what mentoring is about. It's about developing the person. Mm. Which is much broader. And that's what coaching is for to some extent. Is to have that kind of direct connection. Mm-hmm. But people bring that all the time. You really have to, you really have to educate people on how to use this relationship properly.
4: Right.
5: You know, one of the questions, in it, Is it,
2: is it typically with a younger employee and a, uh, older employee as the, uh, mentor? Or are we now finding, you know, some, some differences with, you know, like we talked about earlier, like Kathy was bringing up around just the different ages?
5: Well, there are, there certainly are differences, but I think that one of the things that I think is being done probably not very well is the idea of reverse mentoring which is a younger person mentoring an older person. And the problem with that model, from my perspective, is that there isn't the emotional maturity on the part of the younger person to really relate to the older person. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not sure that's really mentoring. I think it's much more kid to coaching.
3: Now, okay, I think we're getting some clouded issues here, so I want to make sure that we don't confuse our audience too much. First of all, if, if you have a younger person coming to an older person to help coach or mentor them, In an area, it's likely to be one of three things. One, technology or the use of technology because Mm -hmm. we all know that younger people do have a higher level of comfort Mm -hmm. with technology in most instances. The second is in integration. If an older person is coming into the organization and a new person happens to reside within the organization who knows how the organization works, it makes sense to help integrate that older person through the younger person because the younger person has more experience. And then the third reason for having a younger person in that role of either, you know, uh, helping someone in the organization through coaching or mentoring is um, the aspect of networking and getting them incorporated into all networks of the organization so that the older person doesn't come in and get immediately slotted into the older levels and Mm -hmm. the younger person can actually help them create a broader generational appeal. So I want to make sure that we don't um, pigeonhole (laughs) <laughs> these <laughs> these ideas too quickly and i also want to make sure that we we don't um confuse our audience with the words coaching and mentoring because they are distinguishable just as a therapist is distinguishable from a coach or a mentor mm-hmm. and so i want to make sure that as we go forward we're really careful about how we um operate in the, in those realms of influence and and as we go through the conversation um rainy i'd love your counsel on how to do that
5: Okay. I think I think the key is one of the ways to making a clear distinction is maybe talk more about some of the components of a successful mentoring program.
3: Good. Okay, so why don't we jump right in there?
5: Yeah. I think that that when an organization is, is thinking of doing mentoring, it's really important to get a senior champion. Because sometimes what happens in mentoring is somebody decides we should do it and then it doesn't get the support you need in terms of participation or accountability. That's the first thing one needs to do. I think the, the other thing is the organization needs to figure out why they're doing this. And In mentoring, there are basically three reasons why people do full mentoring, and it's related to retention. Uh, they obviously invest a lot in getting people into the organization, so retaining them as long as possible is, is critical. Succession planning, so to prepare for the future. So that's a component that helps to develop that individual for a future position. And diversity, which is to really promote minorities within the organization to achieve successes that have been barred to them for whatever reason.
3: Beautiful.
5: And in fact, uh, a study done by the American Sociological Association indicated that mentoring was one of the top reasons why diversity succeeds in an organization. So those are the three reasons why people will do mentoring. But knowing they have a strategic objective, they then have to figure out what are the competencies, what are the things that people are supposed to learn within the mentoring relationship? Are they going to learn leadership skills, supervisory skills, communication skills? Mm-hmm. So companies use their competencies, which most of them have, to be able to make that the focus of the relationship. Say that again? Companies use competencies, which they've developed, mm-hmm. as the basis for the uh, focus of the mentoring relationship. So, so an organization uh, like Kathy
2: and I see, sometimes we bring us to organizations is, is what are their key competencies, mm-hmm. usually kind of leadership competencies, yep. and you're saying then that becomes a subject matter and skill
5: enhancement uh, of the mentoring relationship, these yeah. sp- specific competencies. Exactly. That way the, the pair. Know what they're supposed to work on. Now, what jelly happens, you may have a list of 10 or 15 competencies, and what jelly happens the mentee will choose the ones they think are most important, maybe with the input of the manager, uh, and the mentor will specify their expertise in these areas, and that's how it gets done. But that's the focus. That's a really an important point is to have a focus. And then, it's a matter of training people, and then after that, making sure there's a program manager that is holding people accountable uh-huh. so that the peers are meeting and having a positive experience.
2: And so that's the piece, I think, that probably gets left undone, at least the organization I've been in, is they, they want to do mentoring. They, they start it off, but there isn't maybe a program manager that constantly is, is, is holding some of the accountability and maybe mm-hmm. some of the support and
5: resources. Yeah. And, and the, the program manager will come up with guidelines to give people what to do. So even though I'm coming together, what do we, where are we going to get together? How often are we going to get together? You know, the golden standard in the industry for mentoring is to meet every other week for about an hour to an hour and a half. And that's probably where 98% of the people uh, have in their mentoring programs. Some people have once a month, which is doable, but it's pushing the envelope a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it's within those ranges that people have to have some guidelines to how often they're supposed to be, and for how long. Maybe for an hour, hour and a half. So there is a standard that people can be measured against in terms of saying, you know, this is working or it's not working.
3: So when you when you train... Uh, people to engage in a mentoring relationship uh, successfully. What does that look like?
5: Basically, we use a lot of exercises uh, to be able to engage them on discussing issues about mentoring. So, for example, what are your expectations of your partner in the relationship? What do you think your partner's expectations are of you in the relationship? They both do that, and then they discuss what that's like. And in doing that, they're beginning to define and create their relationship, So we do, sometimes people ask, you know, what do you do with mentoring training? And I say, we don't focus on communication skills. We focus on understanding mentoring, which is understanding the dynamics of the relationship and how to create one successful. So it means really defining, clarifying, and empowering. Now,
2: so with that, um, I'm glad to hear about the expectations because I think that's so important um, an, an ingredient in any relationship and it's usually one of these under-expressed topics and so that's one of the things when they first start off is, is really talking about their expectations of each other.
5: Yeah, because that's they're now beginning to define their relationship together mm-hmm. and and we're helping them do that obviously through the process but the key is that's the first step. Let's see what we are. What you'll find out is people say things like well I thought you are supposed to do this no, no, I'm going to do this and then they start discussing what makes sense and then we tell them what they should be thinking about, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And that's kind of the way we do it.
3: Now, you have a process within both your book and at your website uh, around feedback. Um, can you kind of talk around the subject of uh, mentoring pairs and mm-hmm. how you believe the the feedback should work?
2: Yeah. You know, and, and Kathy, I can, I can heal you. Yeah, I have we're to go, go, to, go a to a break. It's <laughs> a great spot to to take a quick break, uh, and we'll come right back and, and, and have Rainey respond to that. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, and we'll be right back.
1: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
0: Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%? At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times best-selling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the happiness equals profits business formula. practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com.
1: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
3: we were talking about how to provide individuals with feedback in a mentoring team. And um, Rainey, I'm going to bring you back to that question, but we also want to talk about what are some of the challenges of starting a mentoring program and what do mentors and mentees get out of that?
5: Uh, well, in terms of the challenges of starting a mentoring program, it's really a case of do you do it yourself or do you go out and get a consultant? Do you do it quickly? Or do you take the time to go through it? And again, creating a, a structure, as we talked about before, about making sure you're clear about the goals, you train people, you pair them properly, and you follow up. For mentors and mentees, I mean, both partners benefit a great, a great deal from the experience. Mentees is pretty clear. Obviously, I'm getting the wisdom and knowledge of the mentor, I'm having their support, and all that kind of stuff. For mentors, what's interesting is what you hear from mentors often is they'll say, I probably got more than they did because what they're gaining out of that is uh, an ally in the organization, an increased network. They're getting to, to have feedback about themselves. And so the feedback the way to give feedback to each other is, is really important. So what the things that we recommend is because we have a many agreement that we use in our in our process, is you sit down and you negotiate with each other how you're gonna give each other feedback. So for example, if I were working with you, Kathy, I would say to you, Kathy, how would you like me to give you feedback when this thing is not working? Okay, And you might say, well, Rainey, I'm kind of a person who wants to just hear it right away. Just come right out and tell me. Okay, that's what I'll do. Or you might be someone who says, you know, I don't like to be surprised, so what I would prefer you do is give me a call first, tell me what the issue is, I'll ask some questions, and I'll think about it so that I'm prepared to talk about it when we get together again. Something as simple as that gives people permission to give each other feedback. and That's really, really important. The other thing is I recommend at the end of every meeting, you give each other feedback on how that meeting went that day. We accomplish what we wanted to do today. You know, is there anything missing? Did I give you what you needed? What would you have liked to have more of? That kind of stuff. If it's done on a regular basis, it becomes second nature to the pair.
3: Very good. And would it be fair uh, to use one of your um, case studies to refer people to where they can see how you've done this and and yeah, if they go to result? the website,
5: management-mentors.com. And go to the resources section they'll see several uh, case studies all of them with enterprise red car
3: yeah, program for a top American corporation
5: yep. yeah absolutely excellent
3: So, um,
2: Randy, this is this is great because I think uh, given what Kathy and I do in, in in organizations often when we leave uh, from the coaching or leadership development <clears throat> this can be a great follow on is really have an established um, Mentoring program. Even with some of the people that we may have coached mm-hmm. through the coaching, they may have learned some skills, and now they can be very, very good uh mentors.
5: Yeah. Absolutely,
2: absolutely. It's not uncommon for mentoring to follow coaching that so, way. So, what's it like? What would be some of the training? And I know you have this on your resources. Like what? Like what would a mentor need to be trained in?
5: Well, in terms of how to how to deal with mentoring, how to be a mentor. Yeah. Yeah. What they're gonna be what they're going to be trained in is really how to listen better and how to facilitate the mentee. Because what happens is the natural tendency on the part of mentors who are usually in a leadership position to try to solve the problem for the mentee. Right. And so we really try to train them on not doing that to resist that. And it's interesting to get feedback when you try to do that as to why why they may resist that. But they feel well if I can help my mentee I should be able to do that and that's that's kind of getting in the mode of being a supervisor. They're all really to facilitate, so we try to train them on how to do that more effectively. So it's a matter of taking, looking at their assumptions, clarifying those assumptions that are accurate, those that may not be, they need to be adjusted, and then giving them the tools to be able to implement the process that we have in place. Well, that's
2: exciting to hear. I am uh, I'm hearing kind of some of the inquiry process. Um, you know, and I think for managers, which is different than you're saying for mentoring, you know their brains wired to go to a solution. So this is mm-hmm. almost using a whole different part of the brain. You know to really ask questions, to inquire, um, to facilitate is 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 really on the other side of of managing. Absolutely.
3: And Rainy, I'd love to ask you. I know you have your um, one of your sites mentor yes. questcom yep. yep. um, is to help individuals seeking to learn how to find a mentor.
5: Can that you talk correct. a little bit about that? That is, uh, it goes through the entire process, it's about a seven or eight step process whereby they they think about what they're looking for in a mentor, the qualities they want, they develop kind of a profile of a potential mentor, and how to go about finding one. Because you really have to go out and search, ask for, ask for people, ask people who they know that might be good in the organization or outside the organization. So there's a whole process. They won't, at the end of that process, we won't come up with a mentor for them. They have to go out and actually find that, but they'll have the process in place to be able to do it effectively.
3: So it's always like a good thing to
5: ask the mentor to be, to be the mentor. <laughs> okay. Yeah,
4: and then the another
3: one of your websites, uh, www.mentoringcomplete.com Is your site for online mentoring
5: systems. That that is correct. a little bit about that. That, that if a company wants to put a mentoring program, they don't have anything in place, everything's there, and they can adapt it and make it their own. Hmm. So all the, all the resources,
2: everything they need is there. It's right there.
5: So it's kind of a turnkey operation. I don't have a program in place, I can look at mentoring complete, I can edit what's there, because we've created these programs for the last 22 years, so it's based on best practices. They can go ahead and implement that, and we can assist them in that process. And that would be mentoring complete. That is correct, So that's
2: that's if an organization says, oh, we're interested in doing it, that will kind of walk them through what they do.
3: This is wonderful. You know, first of all, Raleigh and I love any opportunity to share tools and tips With great folks who listen to our show who are really looking to improve both themselves and their organizations. And with budgets and training and education these days, it's folks like you, Rainey, who make it possible for Mm -hmm. all of us to be successful. And it really means a great deal that you would come on and share these with us.
5: Well, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure.
3: Well, I just, um, as we go, you know, kind of to close for the show, are there any things you want to tell us about? Uh, new, upcoming, um, exciting uh, models or, or tools that you'll be working on?
5: Well, I can tell you that Mentoring Complete is getting a complete reface, which will be ready at the end of February. But we'll be happy to demo that to anybody who's interested because it's going to be more modern, it's going to have a lot more features, and it's going to make it easier hmm. for companies to be able to implement mentoring. So that's probably the, the latest news we've got. As a, as an organization.
2: Now it, now I see, uh, some of these are free resources and there are, are others. Do, like, Does an organization like pay a one-time fee? um, or is it kind of ongoing like a membership or how does that work? Oh, you mean Mentor Complete? Uh, yeah. An
5: organization would, play, would pay an annual fee.
3: Okay.
2: And then they get the updated, uh,
5: resources. Absolutely. And things. Yep. That's great.
3: That's now, excellent. And it also gives people an opportunity to touch and feel um, what the processes look like. and But I think the best part about your whole program, Rainey, is that you say it's customizable.
5: Yes. Everything that a company wants to do that's there, they can customize. They can customize the, the forms. They can customize the algorithm. By doing that, they can customize everything that's there. And we'll we'll guide them in that process. Uh, but it's, it's highly customizable. Mm-hmm. And that's on the mentoringcomplete.com. That's
2: correct. Uh-huh. Now, what would you say some of the key challenges are? I know we're kind of winding down in the last couple minutes. The key challenges in in mentoring, you know, where that people need to be aware of to be successful.
5: Well, the key challenge really is time. Everybody doesn't have enough time to do everything. So one of the issues is, you know, you ask a mentor to be a mentor, they say, well, I've already got a lot on my plate. So what you have to really do is commit to actually meeting regularly. That's why it's important to set that expectation up at the very beginning. Mm -hmm. Meet regularly all the time, and that's really the key point. And, and then what's, I, is it, what's a normal time frame? Is it six months, a year,
2: longer? I man, imagine all things, but what would be kind of a, you know, a successful time frame?
5: Well, it shouldn't be any less than nine months and probably a year. Most people tend to do a year, relationship, meaning again every other week for an hour to an hour and a half. Three months is not long enough to establish the relationship. Six months, you're at the point of really establishing it, and then you're, you're stopping at that point in time. So nine months is considered the typical length of a formal mentoring program. Okay, well,
2: this is great. Uh, Thank you. We really appreciate you being on the uh, show. Let me give you your websites again. Um, The one we're talking about now is www.mentoringcomplete.com. And then we also have uh, mentoringuniversity.com. And then you said uh, mentor-quest.com is for individuals seeking to learn how to find a mentor. So, thank you. This has been uh, Leadership Development News. And we hope you continue to tune in to tune up your performance with Leadership Development News. Tune in next week.